Welcome to Return to Oswald. Um, I'm Derek. As always, I'm joined by Brandon and Scar. Uh, thank you so much for What's checking up, us out. We greatly appreciate it. Um, you can email us at return to Oswald at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Return to Oswald. Um, you're listening to us now. Tell your friends and family about us. Well, tell your enemies too. Fuck it, they need laughs. Uh, they ain't our enemies. They just your enemies. You know what I'm saying? You know we what ride I'm saying. with our enemies. Poor Tupac. He never saw it coming. <laughs> um, and also, if you want to leave a review, you can leave it at Apple. You can leave it at Stitcher, or you can go to Podchaser and you can leave a review for us. Uh, speaking of reviews, we did get a review on Wednesday, uh, five-star review. Uh, I do want to say thank you so much for that. Uh, okay. It came from Taffy Davenport, um, and the title of the review is, Finally, an OzPod. Uh, I've been waiting for someone to re-watch and discuss my favorite show, and these three guys are doing it so well. Thank you so much. If this is your favorite show, like how how sick are you? Damn, is that really what we want to say? But seriously, he has a point. <laughs> this ain't the dream team. We don't make fun of people who are leaving us reviews. We no, thank you and move on. That's crazy. That's that's crazy that this is your favorite show. Like, Dude, your fa like what's your favorite show? You know what my favorite show is. Yeah, it's Buffy. Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, that makes you kind of sick too. Yeah, right. Uh, no, 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 no. And you're wearing because, a pink shirt. Uh, actually, it's red and white. I'm kidding. I don't. It looks pink. It's it's red and white. It has a little red and white speckles through it. So, um, don't judge not lest ye be judged. My favorite show of all time is I don't even know. I'd have to give it some thought. Brandon, what's your favorite show of all time? Oh, that's easy. <clears throat> Curb oh, your enthusiasm. enthusiasm, right? So two, yeah. And then my show is great. I just can't remember what it is right now. I'll tell y'all later. Don't don't judge me for that. Um. But these three guys are doing it so well. They have an interesting perspective with plenty of humor and insight. And it's also an educational. Who knew that some black people believe white people's gas smell worse than theirs? That's the whole review. <laughs> also, as a man who has slept next to a white woman at night before, I know for a fact. That if they eat the wrong food, just like if we eat the wrong food, shit goes bad quickly. But in the hood, they do call it white boy farts because racism. I didn't, I didn't really have that one. No, that, that, that didn't happen to me. Yeah, you get, somebody, you get somebody in bed with you who's lactose intolerant, but they still love ice cream. But I'm the one And they look at you over the top of the cup while they drink their milkshake, which brought I'm all the, the boys one. to the yard. I'm the one that's lactose intolerant and still love ice cream. I got three things of ice cream in my freezer right now. See, that's the kind of shit that'll get you kicked out of my bed because she will fart at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ain't nothing quite like it in the world. There's no suffering like <laughs> night no farts. <laughs> Nigga, I, I've had There's nothing experience. worse than I'm not lactose intolerant say... milk farts. Exactly. And I'm not going to say who did it, whether it was her or my beloved wife. Um... But somebody farted so bad that I actually woke up. Like I was asleep and I smelled it in my dream and I woke up and that is horrible. God damn. That's right. Bad. That's bad. I will say to my wife, when she was pregnant, cleared out an entire aisle at Best Buy. Oh. So 
there's there's levels to this. I'm not going to say that all white folks farts stink the same way that all my farts don't stink, but you know whose farts do stink? Somebody who doesn't wash their ass often, Scott Ross. I'm sure that nigga's farts stink. Stinging ass Scott Ross. Because when the man. air comes out, it's also pushing through all that shit and he didn't wash his ass. So In the one this, episode, we didn't have to talk about stinking ass Scott Ross. You brought stinking ass Scott Ross up. You know what? It is true that he did not show up in this episode at all. Or, tr- or Trisha, to where we think about yeah, Scott Ross. That is true. Huh. So this episode was called Secret Identities. Um, I liked it. I did. I thought that it was a low-key episode that built up well to the finale. Because as y'all know, the season finale is fucking the next episode. That's the way that it always works. Um. And the way that this episode started off was that Sister Pete is dreaming about Keller like nasty dreams, like grab my titty dreams at work. She's literally daydreaming at work. These are the kind of daydreams where you wake up your hands on your titties and you're just like, oh, oh shit, did anybody see me? But she's having them kind of dreams. That ain't good. And now that he has her having these kind of dreams at work, he decides to fucking ignore her, which is hella fucked up. So as he's as he's leaving out of his uh, pod, uh, Officer Murphy is like, "Yo, you have a, an appointment with um, Sister Pete at ten o'clock. Shouldn't you be on your way?" And he's like, "Nah, I don't think I'm gonna see her today. I'm gonna go to the gym instead." And as he's walking to the gym, he sees her through the bars, looking at her, looking at her watch. I almost said, "Looking at her phone." Look where we are in this day and age. Looking at her watch checking the time to see because he wasn't there yet. And so he skipped two appointments with her on purpose. That is like the most heartbreaking fucked up I have a serious problem with this. Me too. Here's my serious problem. It probably isn't mine. Um, Here's my problem. The first two times he really got under her skin. Mm -hmm. But the last time that they met, she she Cuban beat his ass and got back under his. Yes. So why is she having these? That's a good question. That was, I mean, but just because she has that conversation with him doesn't mean that she's conquered what's already inside her. True. But it still is like, it, it was like the last conversation was her realizing, Oh, you really like to fuck with people. Mm hmm. And then was like, and then was like, oh, because you tried to do this shit to me. And like her realizing that she's being manipulated, I thought would have set her free from all of this. But I mean, dude is an attractive guy. And he's sitting there paying her attention and talking like intelligent conversation is stimulating. Um, and then she sees how he's acting with uh, his his ex-wives and even if you try and tamp it down i mean it's still there you can know somebody's fucking with you but you still want to fuck with them you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying brandon what do you think uh brandon's having mic issues you oh no i wasn't paying attention i don't i don't i'm looking at the notes yep. yeah okay well i'll edit that out hold on So the next thing that happens is that Beecher finds out about it because when Beecher pulls up to his job in Sister Peter Marie's office, she's like, hey, have you seen Keller? And Beecher's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, she's acting like a, 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 
like a I'm sprung. Hey, have you seen Keller? Does he talk uh-huh. about our conversations? Does he mention me? Beach was like, I don't like this shit at all. Somebody got to drop a dime on this nigga. I don't like this right. shit at all. Yeah, I, I just found that I found that whole shit to be weird. Yeah, but the way that this show goes, hey, the heart wants what it wants, you know. I guess so. And and for her to be a dope old bird, like why the fuck does she want this motherfucker? Like I don't understand it. Man, it's the second person on this show who has fallen in love with an inmate, straight up. Um, Beecher tells Keller that he's gonna fuck with Keller the way that uh, Keller's been fucking with Sister Pete. Uh, so don't know when that's gonna come to fruition. But what does come to fruition is the conversation between Eugene and Alvarez finally. Eugene and Tina Rivera, Miguel Alvarez. Needed to happen. All right, everybody. Our purpose here today is to uh, provide an environment for discussion. Sit down, Miguel. To ask and answer questions. To share experiences. Now, a few ground rules. Allow me to lead the meeting. Refrain from interruptions. <laughs> no profanity, and most importantly, listen. Okay, why don't you begin, Eugene? I can't see you, Alvarez. I'm looking right at you, and I can't see you. Can you see me? What? Yeah. Can you see my wife? Yes. You're a lucky man. I asked Tina to marry me because I wanted to wake up every day for the rest of my life and see her face first thing. But instead, because of you, I'll never see her face again. Do you know something about me which I don't? A reason I deserve this? Miguel, have you thought about what this might be like for him? Kinda. Kinda? So why go after me, huh? Not Mesger, not Whittlesey, not Gwen, or McManus or Sister Pete. Me, Alvarez, why? Answer him, goddammit! Tina, no, he's asking why. Why do we have to live with this? Why do we have to argue about having a kid? We shouldn't have to argue about having a fucking kid. Tina, please, please sit down. Yeah, honey, sit. You see, Miguel, that's why Eugene and Tina are here. Tell them why it happened. Can't. Was it a gang thing? Did you do it because of Hernandez? You earn your cojones by blinding me? Started out that way, yeah. That's, that's, um, I don't like that part. Me neither, but please go ahead. I don't like the fact that his whole thing was if you got to do this to get out, that's cool, but don't fucking tell on me. And he, tells. and he immediately fucking says, yeah, it started off that way. Mm-hmm. But then he he regroups after and he just basically says, you know, what he's getting ready to say. But like, I don't like the fact that he 
he said, was it a gang thing? Was it Hernandez? And he's just like, yeah, start off that way. Like, he sussed that out way too easily, too. Like, yep. I just have my intuition that this is all a gang matter. Like, was it Hernandez? Then why the fuck? Well, you know? well, if he was really a part of that other gang. Yeah, if he true. Was really part of that other gang, then he knows Hernandez and he knows but, where. Hernandez. I mean, if that's the, if that's. If that's what's going on, which it could be, it honestly could be what's going on. Wouldn't they have had him have some semblance of just like beef with Hernandez? Wouldn't he have mentioned that he was part of the gang or something like that? Nope, because we only heard that from one side. True. True. Okay. This place. Hate this fucking place. What it did to my grandpa, my dad, and me. I don't know you, you know. I had nothing against you. It's your uniform, bro. I was in that mono in that uniform, man. I want my eyes back. I know. Sorry. You what? I'm sorry. No! I said I want my eyes back. Give them back to me. I can't. As if he Why could. Not? You took them. Forgive me. Fuck you. Eugene. Miguel asked you a question. Can you forgive him? Not today. All right, but uh, let, let's leave the door open for the possibility of another meeting, okay? Eugene? Maybe. Yeah. I don't love it. I, I don't love this scene. Uh, the, just... And then the the forgive me part, where yeah. the fuck did that come from? Like, it's, why? Why would you even ask someone who you did this to? And you feel you, I understand that you feel some sort of remorse for it, but you have benefited from what you did in a way that that's the reason, you know, because that's the reason why you did it in the first place because you felt ostracized, mm-hmm. and and you've benefited. Because now you get to be up Elsa's ass that you got out to do this. So you benefited from this thing. And then when you get to the point to where is he asked you why this happened to him, you immediately fucking snitch. And then you come up with a decent excuse, which you should have started with. Instead of saying that, you should have said like, yo, I hate this fucking place. And... And one of us was wearing one of their uniforms, and that you're a set fucking me sellout. Up. That would have been it, yeah. If Especially he given just this said episode where, where so many things of racial tension happen, that would have fit right in, yeah. If he would have just said that, if he wouldn't have said the other part, he would have been perfectly fucking fine, but no. And then going through all of this stuff, and then and then saying, I want my eyes back, Motherfucker, you know, you ain't getting your eyes back, you, you know, this, you are aware. This is not going to happen. So why come to him and say, I want my eyes back. Give me my eyes back. Bitch, I can't do that. So like, why, why would you even bring, why would you even bring this? I mean, 
if he would have said instead, if he would have just said like, I want you to suffer for what you did to me, I would understand that. I don't understand. I don't understand giving my eyes back and then getting upset about he can't give you your eyes back. And he said, I'm sorry. Like, you know, that's basically, I'm sorry. I can't like, you know what I mean? Like I can't give you your eyes back. I, you know, I, I don't get that. And then and then the forgive me part is like, why are we here? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, forgive like, me? Yeah. Like, no, there's, there's under no circumstance should that line have been in this at all. Or at, at least, or at least if he would have said, if he would have said something to the effect of, I can't. I can't give you your eyes back, but uh, uh, and I, I, I hurt you more than anyone should have, and I hope one day I can be forgiven. Not to ask for the forgiveness right there. Mm-hmm. That made it made no sense to ask for the forgiveness right there. I think it was when he said, "Forgive me." Like I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but it feels like when he said, "Forgive me." That was him saying, I ain't got nothing else to say. Like, I done already accidentally snitched on El Cid. I done already tried to uh, pin this on you for being a hermano, hermano with, in, a, in a uniform. You're still coming at me. Look, let me just ask for what Sister Pete said this is all about, because this will close out the conversation. Do you forgive me? Fuck you. No, I'm out. All right, cool. Now this conversation's over. Now I can go back to the rest of my real life. Exactly. So I just, I feel like this whole thing, it felt empty. Yes, very. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't understand what Sister Pete hoped to get from this from the beginning. Mm-hmm. If we're, if we're being honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this whole thing did not go well at all. Exactly. Brandon, you got thoughts on it? No. Okay. <laughs> can you hear me? Nigga, if yeah. you said no and I said okay, then obviously I can hear you. I did shake my head. No, you you did. Okay, fine. No. Yeah, I can hear you. And okay, you don't have any thoughts on it. That's fine. Be like that. <laughs> so, uh, the next thing that happens after that is something that I thought Brandon would be interested in. So I wanted to go ahead and let this play out and then we'll have a, a bit of a uh, discussion about it as well. Clark Kent is the secret identity of Superman. I-, I never understood why Superman needed a secret identity. Listen, if I'm invulnerable, right? All the chicks want me. Why would I disguise myself as a four-eyed wimp? The truth? Superman is schizophrenic. Hey, mm-hmm. hey uh... Yeah. Superman's id is fucking with a super ego. The man's conflicted, no doubt about it. So now, hold on, Quentin hold on. Tarantino, Quentin yeah, Tarantino, exactly. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing. Quentin Tarantino, his idea was that uh, Superman dressed up as Clark Kent because that's how Superman sees humans as weak and 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 completely pathetic, and that's why he dressed up like him. That's why he dressed up like that and acts like that. So which one is it? Is he more like this or is he more like 
the way Quentin talked about it in Kill Bill Volume 2, Brandon? The answer is yes. He's not like Quentin. That's not what it is. Superman, the, the story of Superman is a tale of what it means to be human at its core. Like mm-hmm. that Superman is somebody who's not human, who lives amongst humanity. And so his being Clark Kent is not that that's what he thinks humanity is. It's that's what he has to be in order for humanity not to think him as Superman. So it's essentially that like he he thinks that humanity sees people like that and immediately thinks that they're weak. Because the, the premise on the face that nobody can tell who Superman is is ridiculous. But the what the way the story tells it is that people see Clark Kent as so hunched over and weak and pathetic that there's no possible way, even though we all think that it looks like him, that someone that's this pathetic could be someone with such great strength and power and can do other amazing things that he would walk around as a you know newspaper person who looks like that and acts like that. So it's it's more of a it's more of like this is what you know humanity sees as weak as opposed to what he thinks a man humanity is weak. Because that's how it works. Because if it was not true, then everybody would know he was Superman. Scar, you got thoughts? So I mean so basically you're saying like Superman's Superman being Clark Kent would make people go, he ain't a Superman, his real name is Clark. Like, it's, you know, it's like, he basically used what he knows about humanity to eight mile himself. That's basically- Yes. Yes. He he basically said that like, you know, and also the other thing is that, you know, he wants to be Superman to help people, but he doesn't want to live as Superman. It's something- that since he wasn't born on Krypton, he was born on Earth, you know, his whole thing is that he is of Earth. Like, he was brought here as, like, an infant. So he grew up here, so that's what he knows. Is like, I can't just be walking around my life as Superman every day. So I'm going to be... This is who he probably... That's who he is in, in a you, lot of ways. You know what? I, you, know what I, uh, you know what I think of it is? This is how I think of it is. Uh, this is how I think of it. He knows he can't walk around as Superman because of what happens if he walks around as Superman. Like we <laughs> we all know that one person that from the neighborhood that went to school and got a good job and like got a good ass job and now everybody is in the is, is like you know like all around him just trying to see if they can get something out of him. So that's the reason why he can't walk around as Superman, because he would constantly be bombarded with everyone asking him for favors, trying to see if Superman get paid, which, I mean, we learned from from uh, one uh, Marvel TV show that superheroes don't get paid. Um, like the idea, like if I walked around as Superman every fucking day, I would just be bombarded every day by people wanting shit from me. I remember a long time ago, I did um, a song like 10 years ago, give or take. I did a song for a single simulcast called Superman Hates Twitter. And it was just that sort of thing that if you if Superman didn't disguise himself as somebody who was weak, 
supposed to be asking him dumb shit like, can you help me move? Can you get my cat out of a tree? Can you carry all these groceries because it's raining outside? Yeah, you, but it's it's not so much weak. It's normal. It's more normal than weak. Yes, yes. He's and I not think, like Clark Kent is not weak. He's just a regular ass dude. But he had to pretend. He had to pres. He had to present himself as extra regular, if that makes sense. Like he had to be so regular that no one would think he's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. kind of like me with podcasting. Hey yo, word. <laughs> so, um, the next thing that happens after that is that Sister Pete runs up on Keller uh, and asks to speak with him privately. And this motherfucker takes him, takes her into his pod. Uh, and make sure that um, he can, that she can see his porn magazines. And then this the last two sessions, why? Ever since our last time together, when you got me to open up, I've been afraid to come back. Afraid to expose any more of myself to you. I mean, you know, the reality is, sister, I hate myself. All the more reason why you should have come to me. You're probably right. Do you know what it's like to want somebody? To long for them, and I'm not talking about sex. I'm just, just to touch them. Yeah. Of course you do. And you're a psychologist, you're a nun. But you're a woman first. You know about desire. Everything all right, Miss Sister? I'm fine. I can help you, Chris. I know you can. Talk to Beecher. Counsel him. You convince him. Tell him that you love him. And that he loves you. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what this has all been about, hasn't it? The sessions, the questions about my personal life, getting me to care so I can help you reach Beecher. You can do it, he trusts you. You still don't see it, do you? That's the whole problem, Chris. He trusted you, you broke his trust. Now he can't trust you again. Yeah, but I've changed. Have you? You manipulated me the way you did him. And I don't trust you. Wait a minute, sister, wait a, wait a minute. Chris. Let go of me. Hell hath no fury, huh, sister? Yeah. Oh, ho, ho. Kudos to her. Yeah. And I, I think for for people who can't who who haven't watched the episode um, recently, the whole point of the, the 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 point that you can't see, of course, while you're listening to that is while he's talking about desire, she's feeling this for herself and how she feels about him. Mm-hmm. But he is looking over her shoulder because he can see Beecher clear as day. He is mm-hmm. looking clean over her, looking at Beecher. And that that you know, that kind of 
changes. And then when he switches at the end and say, well, you need to talk to Beecher. I need you to talk to Beecher for me. It's, it's all, you know, you can tell that that's what he wanted this whole time because we can see that he is looking over her shoulder and not actually looking at her. Mm-hmm. But now she doesn't know she can keep being a nun. Um, and so she goes and talks to Father Ray and she's like, yo, I, I don't think I can, which makes sense to me. It, it's never really made sense to me, the whole idea of denying your body uh, love and human touch because that's what God did. God did not create us. God created us yeah. in his image. Yeah, but- that makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense for, no, not you. What you're saying is correct. I'm agreeing with you. I'm yeah, saying I that it doesn't make any sense that you would have like all these, you know, your body is built with all, if you if you believe in that, right? Let's say you believe in like creationism or whatever. Let's say you believe in it. It doesn't make any sense that you would be built the way that you're built and then be like, yeah, but just ignore all those things mm-hmm. all the time <laughs> for your entire life. Just ignore them because they're not good. You were only put here to serve. Reproduce. To serve. And I mean, yeah, nah, nah. I mean, and, and if you're a Catholic, okay. you Unless you're a nun listening to us, which thanks, or a priest listening to us, which, <laughs> I mean, okay. You can't really speak on it either because none of y'all have taken this vow of straight chastity. Like that is that that's a word chastity where you're just like, I will not love anyone but God. And 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 I can't I can't. Good on y'all. Y'all better than me. Right. Because I mean, I'm pretty sure that you can't even masturbate. No, you can't. You're worse than me. Y'all are nice. Y'all are too nice people. I'm not a nice person. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I, and if that's what you th- I always, I always would say that with a whole bunch of things that were religion. Like when I was growing up, mm-hmm. like my I used to, I used to every summer I used to get sent. My fa- my mom used to send me to her family. My my both my parents grew up on the eastern shore of Virginia, which is if anybody's ever been there, it's super country. Like yes. you know where they grew up, they have one high school, one middle school, one elementary school. To this day, it's still dirt roads. When I was growing up and going there, we had outhouses, like that type of country. And so they were all super religious. And, you know, every church, every day was, you know, three, four days a week was church. Sunday was church, Bible study, vacation, Bible school, everything. And I would yeah. go there. And I, and yeah. I, and at a young age, I was because I was from the big city. Right. So I'm from the big city compared to them. And every time I would go there, so I think differently because I was my parents didn't raise me in that manner the way they they were raised. Like, for example, my mom graduated high school a year early, got the hell out of there and never moved back. Like, that's the type of way I was raised. Mm-hmm. So but I go down there and I'm in there. I'm in church and I'm listening to some of these things like Bible study and things. And I will always think it'd be like, God's going to get angry at you if you do this. And God's going to get angry at you if you do that. And I would just be like. I get why? mad about a lot of shit. Why is he so mad at us for just doing regular <laughs> shit? Like, why is he so mad at me for doing regular ass stuff? That just doesn't make any sense to me. And so at that point, I was just like, hey, yeah, you know, it's not about if you believe or not, but, you know, that's more about P 
people shaming you and using God as a way for people to shame you. Mm-hmm. And so with this, I mean, not that, you know, none may or may not believe that, but, you know, if you were, I just, in my opinion, and this is just me speaking, not for the show, if you were to think critically about it, and if you are someone who believes that God created us from his image out of his mind, if God is created him, us from himself, that means, you know, in that sense, he knew what he was doing with giving us, you know, all these things to feel. Exactly. And then he would say, I'm going to give you all these things to feel just to see if you actually go on with it. And then I'm going to get mad at you for doing it. Exactly. That just doesn't make any logical system. It's the same way. I look at religion the same way I look at. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this without losing every single one of our sponsors no, I, and every I single listener if you want if you want okay if you want to understand how we would feel about religion just look up george carlin religion is bullshit it, that it, 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 he pretty much explains everything carlin's brilliant it, it his religion is bullshit rant comedy routine is fantastic and it 100 explains how i feel about religion all right, well, that sums it up. What if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us? I never is thought that I'd that an actual it. song. Yes, it yes. is. What if God was one and, of and us? And I was, and I just, I was telling, I was telling Rashani, I just watched uh, two people do uh, reviews watching um, Austin Powers, Despite Who Shagged Me, uh, for the first time. That song is one hundred percent in there. He's. <laughs> He's singing. He's oh, yeah, uh, Doctor right. Evil is singing that song. In, uh, so, before he does, just the two of us. So the next thing that happens in the show, Oz, that we're talking about, um, is that El Cid is being questioned by uh, Leo about where he got the heroin that he took from Ryan, and El Cid hits him with the K. <laughs> I know it shouldn't be funny, but that nigga looked him dead in the eye. Okay, he was like, <laughs> like for everything he asked him. So, um, yeah, help yourself out. We found the heroin on you in your pocket. Where'd you get it? Okay. Don't fuck with me, Hernandez. I could tack on another five just for obstruction. And think what I could do with a possession charge. Okay. I got two more of your compadres to talk to, and I'm willing to bet at least one of them values his ass over yours. Get him the fuck out of here. <sighs> the best. El Cid does not talk. Um, no, but what happens, what, what makes it worse is they bring in the other person and he does the exact same thing. <laughs> and that's because El Cid looks at Carlos like, you better shut the fuck up. And so Carlos ain't talking. And uh, Glenn's like, yo, I'm going to put you in the hole. And if I get the information I'm looking for from anyone else before I get it from you, you're never going to see the light or get it a day again. Which at first I was like, good, one less storyline. Like nobody's snitching and that nigga will be in the hole. We don't have to worry about him anymore. But then his sister shows up and his sister seems to be the only one coming to see him now. Her in the fruit basket. Always the fruit basket. 
Where the fuck are they getting all these baskets from? Not the fruit, but the baskets. The fruit baskets are the the baskets themselves are nice. They like picnic baskets. I think they went to Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I feel like that's a Hobby Lobby basket that costs like nineteen dollars. Yes, and fucking Hobby Lobby. They did away with their little forty percent off coupon, bastards. No. Hobby Lobby's a bunch of bastards anyway. They don't support LGBTQIA folks, so they've been fuck you on mine for a long time. But that's neither here nor there. I have to um, go. I have to go because Michaels doesn't have shit for candle makers. I feel you. But anyway, Michaels is Michaels is dog shit. By the way, just in case we're not getting sponsored by them at any time. So no, we're not. We are not. Michaels is not sending this shit. So I can say that every time I go into Michaels. They don't have nothing but Christmas shit all year round. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, if I come in here and I want something, I, th- I guess they have fabric shit, but I'm not a you know fashion designer. But if I want to come here for like some craft shit, I'm like, yo, Michael's is the craft store. I go in Michael's to get like some craft stuff. They have no craft stuff. That's yeah, a little right. They, they, I, well, when, when I was doing a lot of uh, fluid painting, they have a lot of paint. That's pretty much the only thing I really use they Michaels do. for. Them. Yeah. They have a ton of paint, different types of paint, different levels of paint. Um, but that's pretty much the only reason why I would even go into Michaels, period. So the only reason why Carlos's sister came to see him um, wasn't to tell him that his dad died, which is what I was hoping for. I was like, that'll be great because I don't fucking like Carlos. Um it was to tell her to tell Carlos that she's leaving for Oakland. So now I'm like, is this in California? Like, but she's leaving for Oakland and that she won't be able to see him anymore. Um, and that nobody else in the family fucks with him like that anymore. Like she was talking big shit about everybody, this person, asshole and all that kind of stuff. Um, but she's leaving and she doesn't want him to feel like he's a, being abandoned. So McManus is like, yo, you can write him a note and I'll deliver it to him because McManus is that type of guy. However, McManus isn't the type of guy to follow the fuck through. And so he, uh, as he's leaving out the door to go home, he sees C.L. Lepresti and he's like, hey, can you give this to Carlos? And he puts he puts the letter in front of Lepresti and he leaves. And the other CO that's with Lepresti calls Carlos a fucking racial slur and is like, you're not going to take any demands from McManus to help out that racial slur, are you? And Lepresti's like, no, no, I'm not. And because Lepresti's a CO and therefore fucking awful, he gets goaded and just throwing the note away. Yeah. Uh, not only that, he calls him the racial slur. He yeah. called... Um, he himself, the same race, called <laughs> called um what's his face? Carlos. Who, Carlos, the racial slur. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, like I told you last week on the show, everybody in Oz is racist. Yep. That's very true. Return to Oswald will be back after these brief messages. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-O-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Hey y'all, this is Derek. We want to thank y'all so, so much for taking time out to listen to this show. What we'd like for you to do right now, wherever you're at, is screenshot your phone, 
iPad or whatever you're listening to the show on and send it to us on Twitter at return to Oswald. We'll retweet it to everybody and show that you're a part of the family. Also, if you'll be so kind as to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast at and subscribe and follow, we'll greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much and back to the show. Are you into top 10 lists? What about pop culture? Or maybe you're just a nerd like us. We've got a show for you, loser. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. We're the hosts of the Tennis Podcast, a comedy and edutainment podcast covering a new top tennis list every week, including fun facts and trivia. We've covered lists such as the top 10 most popular 90s songs on Spotify. The deadliest animals. The worst US presidents. The leading causes of death. The best-selling video game franchises. The most common murder methods. Okay, are you going to give one that isn't about death? The deadliest jobs in America. <sighs> Listen to these and countless other top 10 lists every Wednesday at tennishpod.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Top horror villains by their kill count. I think we're done here. If you listen to this podcast, there's a good chance to see you will die. We are the Tennish Podcast. That's one zero ish Bye. Hello, everyone. I'm Carol Ann. And I'm Matt. And we are the hosts of Boots and Confused. Boozed and Confused dives into the weird topics that you never knew existed. Join us every Monday to drink and discuss all things unknown, unexpected, otherworldly, and just plain strange. Each week, we will take you on a journey to learn about things like time travel and who John Teeter is. Weird history like the New England vampire panic. Conspiracy theories like Katy Perry being John JonBenet Ramsey? Or aliens or the paranormal like ghosts that haunt the white house listen to boost and confused every monday wherever you get your podcasts see you then Shh. we're not supposed to talk about that do Shh. not even let those words come out of your mouth we're not supposed to talk about that Shh. do not go there don't say anything about it hush no naughty we just Shh. don't need to talk about this right now. Be quiet. Shh. We're not supposed to talk about that. That's really taboo. Don't talk about it. You shouldn't talk about that. Don't talk about that. You are supposed to talk about that. We can't talk about that in this house. You shouldn't talk about that. Can we talk about this? We are going to talk about this. Welcome to Taboos, a podcast that discusses taboo culture. We're your hosts, Celeste and Allie. Join us in the exploration of all things society deems as stigmas, controversial, hush-hush, fringe factor, or eyebrow-raising. From pole dancing to politics and everything in between, grab a drink and discuss with us. And as always, do you be taboos. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. <sighs> Going back to back. I we got Clayton popping up. Him and his mom show up at the prison. They always have these two back to back. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why they always have these two back to back, but it helps me get through the um their stories quicker and their length of the hip, and I'm okay with that. Uh, it's Clayton's birthday, and Wellesley 
for no reason whatsoever, has bought him a cake for a surprise party, which is really nice. You know, the, the office surprise parties are always great with cake. You know, when you get the cake and all that kind of stuff. Uh, she's talking to Father Ray, who tells her about what Giles said about Glenn killing Clayton's dad. Uh, Wellesley tells him that, you know, you shouldn't be talking about Leo behind his back. If you have concerns, just go say it to his face. So he does. And this happens. I'm like, yo, that nigga did it. Yep. Hey, Leo, you got a minute? Sure. What are we to my office? Okay. Look, uh, like I told you, I'm talking to people about Sam Hughes. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, let me get you come up with something. Well, maybe. William Giles. Looney Tunes? Look, I don't think that he's so much crazy as just afraid to be sane. And he claims, well, he says. What? That you killed Sam Hughes. <sighs> Leo, you have talked to Clayton about what happened that day, you have told him the truth. But if there is more to that truth, then he has a right to hear it. However hard it is for you to say. God damn it, Ray. I don't have to explain myself to you. No, you don't. What you do to Clayton is like a confession. It needs to be made once and only to the person who can absolve you. Get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> Yeah, but when he tells the story, like he tells the story that he wasn't the one who actually did it. But yeah, I feel it like he happened. lied about that shit. Yeah, I think so, I think so too. He, the way he tells the story is it happened because of me and my actions. It didn't happen because I did it, which I think is poppycock at this point. Yeah. What do you think, Brandon? I'm confused now. I was on the track last week thinking that he absolutely did that shit. But now, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. The, the story that he's given is so fucking... Oz has not been known to give us fake flashbacks. So from a storytelling perspective, we haven't seen a flashback that was just like a made-up version of what the person is telling them, but it turned out to be false. Where we actually see the video of the flashback. Every time they showed us videos of something in the past, it's turned out it's to be been true. the truth. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, I don't know. So the next thing that happens is that uh Ryan and some random inmate are about to fight for no reason. The inmate literally comes up to Ryan and he's like, Your brother can't fight. That's it. That's the whole reason. And so Clayton sees this fight happening him and Wellesley are in the uh, library when this fight's about to happen <laughs> this this altercation because it's not even a fight it's an altercation it's a discussion it's nothing more than that um Clayton decides to intervene with force he pulls out his billy club and tells Ryan to sit his ass out sit his ass down and Ryan's like I didn't even do nothing I didn't even do nothing. And so Clayton, in the very next breath, decides to rear back with his billy club to strike Ryan with the club, and he hits Wellesley in the face with it, and she's bleeding and probably got a concussion, and, and she just threw you a party, man. What the fuck? WTF, mate. Okay. My my own problem, my problem with this is, first of all, we've seen when he's matched up with someone and they're close together that, that he's not very tall. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that he is clearly taller than Wellesley. 
Wolsey. So like him rearing back and hitting her in the face when his hand is basically above his head with a billy club makes no fucking sense. He hit her with the he hit her with the horizontal part. So you know how a billy club is like a T, like this. Yeah. So if you turn it this way, this horizontal part is sticking up. So if I were to turn it down, but if I'm taller than somebody and I go like this. That part sticking down, boom, hit her right in the head. That's why she had that little spot like this in her head. Yeah. That's I, my I logic. I can see like, that. I can see that. But it's or maybe he is shorter than Willis. We don't know how little this nigga is. We know he's little in heart. Sorry. He I could be little as hell. Matter of fact, when I say WTF, mate, I don't even mean what the fuck, by the way. That's why the fuck, as in why the fuck do they think I care about him even in this situation? I, I think you you don't have to care, but you are seeing the beginnings of what he actually becomes. And what he becomes is fucking hilarious. Okay. Can't wait to see it. Because instead of firing him, Leo decides that now's the time to tell him about the day that your daddy died. <laughs> Which, as we said... Okay. Your dad and I were both on duty. I made up my mind when I first walked in Oz that I was going to treat each situation as a worst-case scenario. Sam knew better. And he tried to hold me back. Tried. But I was... I was too young, too determined, too stupid. I broke the fight up all right. But I tripped or slipped on the slop on the floor. I was stunned, losing control. And then on my wind left me. Your dad had to get involved. You okay? Okay. He fell right next to me. I didn't know what the fuck was after By then, other officers responded. I just held him until he died in my arms he doesn't even say how he got hurt he literally omitted that entire part he just said he slipped and fell next to me and then he died in my arms also funny so I fell and I was like this. I was out. I was like this. I was down. I was like this. And then they were all hitting me. And your dad came in to help me. And he slipped too. Same slop. But he fell on a shank. Ah! <laughs> he died. This makes no sense to me. <laughs> I still think that nigga did it. I do too, because when you hear the story, it's I just so it. poorly said. I love that y'all are turning on. My man Glenn, I feel so. It's just great feeling to my heart. I just, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. Don't let me start liking him again just to spite you. Just let me I have. I cannot this. just tell you how much I. Appreciate I feel the exact same way. Wait, what? I feel the exact same way as you. <laughs> don't make, don't make me turn around because because <laughs> because you're you're trying to make me feel a certain way. Y'all can like the terrible people all you want. I'm not going to stop you from being terrible. Fuck you, dad! <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, the nigga just told a horrible lie, though. That's the thing. Like, we can see through you. And you're literally leaving stuff out. Are you okay? Looking over at him like, hey, man, you good with this? You want me to continue? Oh, I got to say more? Well, after that, he died in my arms. The end. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, you, you good? You good? You good with that? <sighs> so, anyways... Whittlesey or Wellesley, Wellesley, sorry. Whittlesey? I still don't know. Fuck it. Diane. Diane. Yeah. Diane got hit by the billy club and got a concussion and she's sitting in the uh, locker room, which is still co-ed. Um, and Tim shows up and he's like, when you got hurt, I went crazy. <laughs> and now he loves her. This is like, this is like, when punk ass Ralph Tresvon is singing in uh, "Isn't If It Isn't Love," I like McManus, but this nigga got to get his love life together, man. Right? He just be string. First, he's stringing the girls, women along. Then he has like a moment a couple episodes ago where he was like, "You know what? I've been fucking trash. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't rape anyone. I didn't abuse anyone physically, like she said I did. That's a lie." But that doesn't mean I didn't fuck with them mentally. That doesn't mean I wasn't trash. And I was like, okay. And then, and then, and no, and then, no. You gotta add, also add the part is like, I ain't give a shit about. I ain't give a shit about her. I ain't give a shit about her, bitch. I ain't give a shit about you. That's basically what he said. Like yeah. to so to I the said, same okay. person. I said, all right, McManus, you're being introspective. You're realizing. I mean, you, yeah. you that doesn't that doesn't erase all the fucked up shit you did. But at least you understand that you did some fucked up shit to people, and you're gonna try to do better. Mm-hmm. And okay, maybe. I mean, this is not being bad, but then, like, what is it? Here's here's a problem. Here's my biggest problem with all these things in eyes. I have no fucking clue how long it's been since that. The time then, span. The time. Maybe frame it's is- been six months, and he's been like getting himself together. And trying to be better, and then he just realized, you know what? The happiest I was is with her. I'm gonna give her one more shot. Okay, okay. I can I can believe that. Yeah. But the way it comes off as has been like four days since he had that epiphany. And I'm like, nigga, four days now. You back on? Yo, let's try this again. He should have pulled up like this. Maybe she'll take me back. Hey, girl, he's begging. I made a big mistake. Won't you forgive me, girl? Now I can feel it. He's never felt before. I really love her. And Why she was like, you, you love sing, me. Do you move like Stevie Wonder? What is that? She was like, you love me? What? She was like, are you sure? Because she really had that look on her face, and then. <laughs> but the wait, before before she walked in, she really did read him. She was like, "You know what? Nah, because this is right after that sexual harassment shit, and you running up on me talking about you love me. Like I feel like this is political. She tells him that I feel like this is fully political. But then Claire comes in, yeah, and she's like, "Oh, look at the lovebirds," and Diane hates Claire, so she kisses. Uh, Tim despite Claire. Also, I wasn't moving like Stevie Wonder. I was moving like Ralph. He can't dance. Duh. Where is Ralph? Ralph Tresvan. Yeah, nobody knows who he is. Fuck Ralph. Hey, we can't talk bad about Ralph. Yes, we can. I got time. Ralph is saying some stuff for, for Bobby Brown. 
in the early days where he was too fucked up to actually sing. Does not move me one. So the Bobby Brown songs, some of the Bobby Brown songs that we love. They watch E Holly, True Hollywood Story. How do you know these facts (laughs) about these celebrities? Um, you can you can hear it. Actually, listen to every little step and tell me that some of that is not Ralph. So you're you're guessing. No, the, the every little step. You're guessing. Just that say part you're is guessing. Ralph. You that are assuming. Ralph. No, you, actually, I don't even like. I, I, I a, don't, guy, a former manager of Bobby Brown's uh, came out. What, what's his name? I, this is like a story. Give me the link. A long time ago, I can find the link. I definitely See, can find the link. What I'm saying. How do you know this? Because <laughs> he's Batman of music. Maybe that's how I am with like. It is sports shit or something. It, it 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 it's how you are about uh, all sorts of shit. Yeah, an ex manager, uh, an ex manager claims Ralph um, sang every little step for Bobby Brown. You sound like a nigga that Bobby Brown didn't pay because he was on drugs. But come on, yeah. that part, Bobby doesn't sing like that. That just that part, that part. It it doesn't sound like Bobby Brown at all. And what they did was they basically had Bobby Brown go back and record over Ralph, but some of it is doubled. You can hear it if you go back and hear the song. Have you ever heard? Have you ever Don't heard do it. Don't do it. Stay on have point. you ever heard Bobby Brown sing song? Have you ever heard him sing it live? If you ever heard him sing it live, you realize he can't fucking sing this shit. Well, I know he can't sing. Period. True, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's a given. Yeah, Ralph can sing, but it's still fuck him. It doesn't matter. Fuck that nigga. I don't know none of these niggas. This is where my age comes into play. See, he doesn't even know New Edition. No, no I know New Edition. I just don't no, know none of them niggas' names. Except, <laughs> nigga, they said their names. Rob, except Bobby Brown. <laughs> Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, Ralph, Johnny, Dopey, Sleepy, Happy. Johnny. Doc. Is that Johnny Gill? Yeah, that's yes. Johnny Gill. Oh, see, I know. I know. Yeah, I know Johnny Gill from was... Black Street. What the fuck? He's nothing in Black Street. No, that's not Johnny Gill. That's um Teddy Riley. T- Teddy Riley. Go yeah. take a nap. Okay. So <laughs> speaking speaking of naps, Natalie has finished Napa's book. See how that works? Um, she gets it all on a floppy disk. Which remember those? <laughs> and she puts it in an envelope and says she's sending it off to a, her to the publisher. And the actual floppy, not even the hard ones. Just a uh, (laughs) she actually doesn't put it into she into a publisher's hands. She puts it into uh, Chucky's hands, um, who smashed it up. Napa basically got killed for a pack of cigarettes or for a carton of cigarettes. How did the guards allow her to set up a whole fucking dinner with wine with a big ass bottle of wine, pasta? Where does she make all this shit? And then drug the wine. Is she yeah, messing with Cudney too? Oh no, Cudney's dead. In the arms of the angel. <laughs> Wait, no, we were singing Upper Room for him. Um, but she gives Napa some wine with some pills in it, I guess, because he passed the fuck out. And when she pat when he passed out, she smothered him with a pillow. That's it for Napa. And then and, and all they got for that, the the other gays in M City, they just got. A carton of cigarettes, and that's right. pretty much it <laughs> for all of them. Yeah, for all the work, the whole network, a carton of cigarettes. 
But uh, my thing is like, when, when did cigarettes not be banned? They, I thought we saw that they unbanned. No, like he was still talking. They at the at the meetings they were saying they wanted cigarettes unbanned, and they wanted conjugals lifted. And as far as I know, he hadn't said he didn't think for either one of them. He was just like when the education thing takes off. Yeah, I think they yeah, we have if we haven't seen conjugal. I'm no. assuming they must have done it because they had a graduation. Oh, that may be true. I can see that. Yeah. So ain't nobody had no conjugals though. No. Not that we've seen. But True. we've seen wives visiting shit like we saw with Keller, him like all hugged up, grabbing his wives' asses and shit. Yeah, that that part is weird because usually, like when they start touching each other and stuff like no that, no touching, guard, separation. Yeah, the, the the guard shows up like you know people at your fifth grade dance, um, you know with a ruler and shit. I mean a yardstick, yardstick. Yeah, yardstick. I had to dance a yard apart from somebody. Next would never have played in my junior high school dances. <laughs> I wonder if she could tell I'm hard, right? I fucking hate that song. I fucking hate that intro. Let's not. Adabisi wants to see Glenn. Uh, he wants to file a complaint about McManus. Remember in the last episode, he was telling Kenny that his big plan of, su- of beating up Kenny was to get McManus out the paint so they can get a black guy running it. For some reason, Adabisi's a racist now. Or not a racist. Adabisi doesn't fucking like white people. Does that make him a racist, Brandon? Yes. Okay, so he's a racist. Um, I mean, according to Brandon, everybody in here is racist. Everyone that's racist. I don't know how much more evidence y'all need. He has a point. So his way of getting McManus out the paint is by accusing him of sexual harassment. He said the day before this, McManus touched Kenny's penis. This is what I don't understand. Nobody in that fucking place, as fucked up as McManus has been, Nobody in that fucking place has been more pro-inmate than McManus. Yep. Than any single person in there. None of the COs, not Glenn. And they no all one. collectively said, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's not even for their self. Like, it's not even logical for their own self-interest. Like, why not say one of the fucking COs did this shit? Or the head, even the head CO. Say the head CO is doing this shit, if, if this is your plan. But why would you... Go after the one fucking person in there who actually is like, you know what? Maybe we should treat these people better. Because of what happened. Because of what what happened was because he already had that the other thing hanging over his head, nobody fucking believed him. And it was the perfect, I mean, I mean, Adebisi played this shit perfectly because nobody fucking believes McManus. Nobody. And it's just like, Come on, man. This is your this is your man's in them. He's been here every day. Like you ain't never seen him do nothing. He's never been accused of anything. And like he got accused of some shit that nobody fucking believes. And then it's just like fuck him on this too. I mean, I'm not even saying you know that. The crazy thing about that is with the with the woman. Didn't we have that scene one or two episodes ago where they were in the break room and she basically told Willisley and the, uh, the the priest, B.D. Wong, that she lying? Mm-hmm. Like, she basically said to them, yeah, I'm lying. Like, I'm lying about this. How do they not go to Glenn and be like, hey, man, she lying about this shit. Like, what are, y'all, what are you doing with this person? <laughs> yeah, this shit makes no sense. But... After Kenny comes in and says what he has to say, 
Glenn, I feel like that nigga's been holding shit in for a while. He said what? That you bundled him. That is complete horseshit. I tried to comfort him. Leo, you're not taking any of this seriously, are you? Claire Howell accuses you of sexual harassment, but she's full of shit, too. Yeah, I'd like to know when it stops. When it stops being everybody else's problem. You make it sound like I'm a sex addict. Maybe you are. Since the day you came to Oz, I've watched you jump in and out of beds. I held my tongue, even though I thought what you were doing were pretty disgusting. Wangler's lying. Probably. But then again, maybe there are other inmates who never step forward. You know what? I don't know. And I don't know how to find out. But if this is true, you're finished here. I mean, that came out of nowhere. I'm proud of Glenn in 1999 doing his due diligence on a sexual assault claim. He is, uh, but I'm just saying that all but, that <laughs> angst came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, I've but, been watching you just have consensual relationships with all these women in the prison. Yes. And I found it disgusting. It's been obviously consensual. Like, not right. even like he could have been lying or he could have been doing something. Like, it's been obviously consensual relationships in the prison. There's been no evidence that he's interested in men at all. At all. Since, he, as far as the show has. I mean, he even says, I've seen you consorting with all these women. He doesn't say anything about men. And then now it's like, maybe he's telling the truth. Huh? Where does like, it come from? Okay, I'm glad you could take this considerate. But how about all the actual rape that happens in your prison, Glenn? How about that? If you actually care. Why don't you do something about that? Why the fuck you riding so hard on me, but you let Super Nazi come through the door and didn't do shit? <laughs> like, yo, what do you care about? I've been telling you about all the fucked up shit. That, I'm the number one snitch in this facility. Number one snitcher. What? 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 I, I knew where that was going. Um... But, yeah, Wangler gets moved to Gin Pop because Adebisi called the news about McManus. I didn't think the news came to see inmates just for no reason. But they came out and they interviewed Kenny, Claire, and Glenn. And then they tried to interview McManus, but he wasn't having it. So Wangler got moved to Gin Pop, and McManus goes to talk to Shirley, who knows about it in de on death row. She's also talking, she's talking with him about how her uh, lawyer didn't help her. And so now her uh, execution is scheduled for the following Thursday. And she wants Tim's suggestions on how to die. She's also holding his hand and shit. Kissing she, his hand. She, do you think she really believes that she should be off? Like in no. her mind, like think she's crazy? She, I, I think that she's fully, I think that it's, you're able to, some people are able to fully convince themselves of a lie. That's what George Costanza said. It's not I've, a lie if you believe it. I've never seen Seinfeld. The loss. It's not a lie if you believe it. But I, I feel like that's what she's doing. Like she wholeheartedly believes she had nothing to do with the death of her daughter. And that makes her a couple of things. Crazy is not one of them. She's fully delusional. She's dangerous. She's a racist, but she's in full control of her faculties, mentally. 
and she wants to fuck Tim. She was kissing his hand and shit. Yes, she's def- she is the nicest racist I've ever seen on television. You're a nigger. She was so polite and <laughs> saying, "Oh, so, I'm so sorry. Oh, you thought that- I was fucking a nigger? I'm, I'm sorry about that. No, I'm sorry. Hey, to let you hey, I see you stopped by. I couldn't help but notice you're a nigger. Thanks. No, she's thanks. so polite. Also, Shirley's pregnant, so she can't get executed because so who got her pregnant? That's the question. Yeah, no one else. Who the baby daddy? I'm that baby pappy. <laughs> oh, I think I know who it was. The, the, I think I do that too. Was, the dude that was brushing the shit around her office, around there, that she thought was at a BC. Nah, I'm gonna tell you right now. I think it's Schillinger. Schillinger. Yep, because he delivers the mail. Schillinger, get it right. He doesn't like when you call him Schillinger. I know that's why I do it. Fuck that nigga. Hey, I've been pronouncing it the correct way this whole time. <laughs> I like saying it wrong because I don't ride with Schillinger. And plus, I love it when he says his name. Like he's so indignant about it. Schillinger. Um, the next thing is there's a stupid ass thing where Cyril won't stop shadow boxing now. Um, he even runs up on uh, Augustus. As Augustus, the mole, and Rivido come to see Ryan, they come to see Ryan to talk with him about how to who who you got for this next fight. Yo, Ryan, yo, who you betting on today's fight? Connor the faggot. Neither. I'm sitting this one out. By the way, a whole lot of homophobic slurs are going to be used in this scene, and I apologize profusely, but you've been on the winner every match so far. How come you decide to sit this one out? Because whoever wins today's fight has to fight my brother next week for the championship. I don't want to bring on a jinx. Never took you for superstitious. Hey, I'm a man of logic. I'm a man of planning. I consider every detail. I factor in every possibility. Then I flip a coin. Okay. But if you were going to bet, who would you bet on? All right. Khan, he's got the power and the discipline. So you're saying the Muslim? Well, Kramer's got the speed and the style. So you're saying the faggot? Flip a coin. Yo, zero. Unfortunately, while they're talking about who to bet on, Cyril has gone out into the uh, into the main area and he's still like he's Cyril wants to box now. Last episode, he didn't want to box at all. Now that he's won against Chucky, he feels empowered. Now he wants to box everybody because he likes to hear them cheering for him. He's no longer afraid. So he tries to box Hoyt, who I thought he was in the hole, but I guess not. Um, And. Thankfully, he gets pulled apart from him um, because, as Officer Michael says, um, if your brother gets into the hole, he can't box in the championship. Uh, Also, yeah, he beat Chucky. Adebisi tells Khan not to beat Kramer because he's gay, but to beat him because he's white. Told you. Last week, they hate whites. hatred came out of nowhere, though. And here's here's the weird part. The weird part is not just that. It's the fact that he... All of a sudden, he's now cool with the Muslims, too. He's cool with the Muslims because they're black. Yeah. yeah. He's like... And the, all, of, all of this just kind of switched up, like just super fast like all of a sudden this is this is it uh he's cool with the muslims he's over there sitting chilling out with the muslims like they 
Like they fucking Not like they friends. with the Muslims. They segregated the boxing arena. Half the side of the arena was black. The other half of the arena was white. Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, yes. Right when Beecher starts messing with Saeed, all of a sudden now things are all drawn down racial lines. Out of nowhere, literally. So, um, so we finally get a fair match, um, but Khan should have lost. I'm just saying the part that they showed in the part of the match they showed, Khan was catching hands. The only thing that he got in was one uppercut. Other than that, Jason was fucking him the fuck up. But somehow Khan won by split decision. And Adebisi is the first one up there to lift his hand like Don King. Right. Because he's cool with the Muslims now. Yeah. At least he got a plan. Yeah, he does. But yeah, he comes up to uh Saeed the next day and he tries to recruit Saeed for his cause, which is, you know, when it goes down, when the racial ride jumps off, I need you riding with me. And Saeed's like, huh, nah, I'm good. And also, now that uh Beecher's rolling with Saeed. Schillinger, who y'all way back, I just want to point out way back, I was like, Schillinger's going to try and get revenge on Saeed. And y'all was like, nah, that's dead. That's cool. Nope. Schillinger's going to try and kill both of them. It's a point for me. Y'all ain't going to give me my props. That's cool. I'll keep going. Yeah, you get props. Yeah, that one. Saeed uh, tells Beecher that uh, he has to forgive Schillinger and Keller. Uh, and Beecher comes right back by telling Saeed, what about you and Khan? Which I thought was a great comeback. So, Saeed goes to talk to Khan. Let's see. Let him in. What do you want, black man? Oh, God. Five years ago, I was a very different man. Selfish, ambitious, manipulative, arrogant. One day I'm in Mecca, and the words of the prophet, praise be unto him, filled me with the grace and the glory of Allah. I wanted nothing more than to show others the visions I had seen, the possibilities. I studied, became a teacher, a leader. But despite all my righteous intentions, I was still selfish, ambitious, manipulative, and even more arrogant. What's happened over the past few months has humbled me. I have been humbled, but not by you. Have nothing left but a lot, and that is more than enough. Peace be unto you, my brother. That wasn't an apology. That wasn't, and that wasn't a I forgive you or an apology or anything like that. Nope. That was a that was a we ain't got beef, but you ain't shit. Right. I got God. 
That was a, I don't need you. I don't need them. I don't need nobody. So fuck you, nigga. I'm going to go strip my shirt off in the middle of the uh, floor like Usher did in the Let It Burn video. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that confessions. I'm in the rain. Look at my shirt. (laughs) Nah, he hit the, uh, the, uh, you got served. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, no. Really? Honestly? He hit the roll bounce when Sweetness drops to the floor and rips his shirt off in the middle of the skating competition. And then he starts praying. He lays prostrate, prostrate on prostrate. Yeah, prostrate on the ground, starts praying. Everybody's watching him. It's clear that he's doing this for attention. To show uh, Khan that he will not be stopped in his desires, in his pursuits of Allah. But all the Muslims turn their backs on the same way they turn their backs on that light-skinned nigga in season one. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Me neither. So Be- they defended him in the very next scene. I was going to say, so the next thing that happens is that Beatrice sees Keller having a computer issue and helps him out. Uh, Keller... Uh, well, Beecher apologized to him, and Keller tries to kiss him, but Beecher's like, no, nah, I'm good on that. Keller is jealous of the relationship that Beecher and Saeed have, and so he wants Ryan to kill Saeed. Ryan's like, chill, dog. I heard the Aryans are going to do it. Um, also, Beecher comes and apologizes to Schillinger for his part in Andrew's death and says that to make it up to him, I'm going to help you find your other son. Schillinger says the only thing that's going to fix things is by you being dead. So he shanks Beecher and then Keller shanks Schillinger. Um, But like you said, at that point in time, Saeed is running over to protect Beecher, but Khan protects Saeed by grabbing him up. And then we go to lockdown. And that's really the end of the episode. Also, like we said a million times, the gym should be closed permanently. Yes. One hundred percent. There's no reason for that place. Or just to put there. some more guards in there. Jeez. Oh, they don't believe in that. Even mm. if they put more guards in there, they would just film it. Yeah, because it seemed like everything, like so much stuff happens in that room. Why are there not more guards there? Twenty four fucking hours a day. And Even cameras. When the, yeah, it makes no sense. The only time there was a camera was when the guards was doing some fuck shit. Well, next week is the finale of season three. We rolling right along. I don't know how this is going to turn into a finale. I just know that the way that it's working out, I can you can already tell there's going to be a riot, a, I, race, a race war. I've already seen it, so um, let me tell you. I'm not going to tell you, Good. but it's it gets real. That's going to be. I'm just, it just, it irritates me because this whole thing, like all the rest of the stuff that happened this season, doesn't matter. They set up this racial war thing in the second to last episode. And I feel like between that and then the way that they did Augustus's uh, storyline, and so they're doing the complete opposite from what they did in season two, where the whole second season, Augustus is asking people what they would do to escape. Like, what are your thoughts on escape and all that kind of stuff? And then it goes nowhere. Now instead they of doing that, about they still ain't said shit. No, I was going to ask Scar. Did they say anything about the other competition? 
Um, I I've watched these last two episodes on the YouTube. I have not watched them on the, on disc. So I have to go back to the disc and see if there's some commentary. The only thing that I know about um, that's like some trivia or whatever for the episode. Um, uh, one of the uh, one of the inmates talks about wearing women's underwear, and he said, um, "You know, he does the I'm pretty, so pretty, or whatever." Um, and that is a reference to West Side Story, which Peter Marie actually played in West Side Story, the movie. What the old one? Yeah, yeah, she was. Uh... She was the lead, uh, the lead young lady. What? Yeah, yeah. that was Pete Marie. See that old in oh, the yeah. show? Well, yeah, she she was born in thirty one, dog. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we ain't been calling her a bad old bird for no reason. This ain't sexism. She's literally a, she was sixty something when she did this show. Damn. She was sixty six. When she grabbing all her breast, her breast meats about Keller, she was sixty six. Titty balls, <laughs> <laughs> blowing on them. T- <laughs> she grabbed her tits when she saw Big Papa. Oh man! But I, it just it irritates me. This whole season, everything that they built up to, you would think it would have had something to do with the boxing tournament. Which obviously the final match between Khan and 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 Cyril is going to be what leads to this fucking riot. I'm just calling it now. Whites versus the blacks. Exactly. I mean, I don't know what happened. Well, I mean, we're still there's still cheat. Probably, yeah. Brian's going to get caught. But winnings on this shit. But here's the thing, also. Can't say shit. <laughs> Here's the thing: we are leaving behind so many storylines. They pick up and drop off so many storylines. We still don't have anything about artists. Who? Exactly. Glenn's daughter. Um, we do. We get that next episode. I can. It's gonna pop up out of nowhere. No, it's not. No, what I'm I saying think it, is, I think I know. I think I know where it's coming from. I don't. I think I know where it's coming from because we. I mean, they no, set don't. it up this episode. No, it's not Scar say anything. They set it up this episode. I think I know where it's coming from, and I haven't seen the finale, so it's not me saying I've seen the finale. But it makes sense that we would get something with that based on Glenn's interaction with the Hispanics this episode, because they brought back that because you saw the way he was talking to him. He was fucking cussing at him. You're not going to fucking see the light of day until you say something to me. So he's still clearly pissed off at them. Even oh, yeah. Those particular Hispanics didn't do anything to his daughter, as far as we know. It, he's he's going to finally get his closure, but um, I don't know if it was the right thing, and I don't know. It, like, it's just, just it's, something seems odd about it. When okay, you actually we're get not the there yet, so... I'm not. I'm not telling you anything, but like but yet you are. You're telling me everything. I didn't tell you nothing. I just told you that the shit's coming up, and you could tell that it was coming up because of what happened with Alvarez. Yeah, I could, I thought about the exact same thing. I think I. I think I was having mic issues when y'all talked about that scene. Is your but, mic working now? Or are you using your computer mic? I'm using my. I have a different mic. I divide. Use find my old. 
I just I hope it's it's been two seasons since we've had a good season finale. I just hope that this season has a good one. Cause season three, honestly, has been average. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. The, the, and I think it was because Adabisi going into where he was, and there was no payoff from that either. It's just weird. I hope there's a there's a it's only there's only an hour for them to wrap up all this shit. I'm saying nothing. But Oz has this way of letting you know that they're not interested in wrapping up every storyline by the season finale, which pisses me off. And if, if I wasn't watching the shows with full access to all the episodes, I'd be mad. But do you remember how the whole show ended? No, like I don't remember fucking, anything past season three. It just fucking ends. Like it just stops. Like it's just, it's, it's just not. I I I don't I don't want to spoil it, but like when the show ends, the show just fucking stops. Can't wait to make fun of it. So, uh, Brandon, you got anything coming up? Nope. Scar, working on these candles, dog. Candles, dog. Working on these candles, dog. PCCHandcrafted.com. Um, check your boy out. I'm probably gonna do some. I'm probably gonna do some discounts. Um, and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all. Cause so like y'all know, the discount that I do on social media is going to be less than the discount that I do if you watch the videos or listen to the upcoming podcast. You get a little bit more out of it if you actually pay attention to me. So are you saying you're gonna be our sponsor next week? Fuck yeah, man. Let's do it. All right, cool. I'll do it for free. Fuck it. I'll do the fight for free. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's dope. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I have nothing except for clients. Shit's busy. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Shit is busy. And um, and also um, my my solo podcast, not solo podcast, but my separate podcast from this, uh, Scarcasm Live, uh, when it comes out, uh, Rashani was a guest on Scarcasm Live. Yeah, and then I found out that other people are supposed to be guessing me, but they decide not to be on because I talk too much. Isn't that just rude? I think that's rude. Hold on, I'm talking. I think that's rude. <laughs> Nobody wants to play verbal double dutch with me anymore. But yeah, thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Again, you can leave a review on Apple or Stitcher or the best place to go to right now is Podchaser because you can leave a review for separate episodes or you can leave a review for the show as a whole. Um Email us at return to Oswald at gmail.com. And you can hit us up on Twitter at return to Oswald. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool blick nerd BLK. Uh, Scar's on Twitter as Scarfinger. And I'm on Twitter at Rashani. Um, thank you all again so much for checking us out. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all have a wonderful day. Peace. Peace out. Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.